0: Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway, brought to you by Harvest Ridge Coffee. Premier coffee roasted and delivered in small batches right to your home, your office, the grocery store near you, or you can stop by and get a freshly brewed cup from your local convenience store the beans are always hand-roasted. Enjoy a delicious cup of Harvest Ridge coffee today. It's our time to check in with Cornerstone, and our guest today is Brandy Cruz, who's a therapist at Cornerstone, and right off the bat, I'm going to argue with her because her topic today is unconditional love and acceptance, and uh, my world tells me there's only one person, and it's not a human being that has unconditional love and acceptance, and that's God. So... You're not going to argue with God today, are you, Brandy?
1: <laughs> no, Mary, thank you for having me on the show.
0: <laughs> you don't want to be here anymore, but, not, not, but thank you. Now get in the, put, turn, your, turn your microphone so you're looking at me. No, 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 turn it, yeah, there you go. Get in the gunner sight there. Now you're right on. I can hear you nice and, and big. Well, I'm, I'm somewhat joking, but it is difficult to have unconditional love. I mean, I've never been a parent, but that I think would come the closest, you know, having children that you kind of unconditionally love them, no matter what they do, you still love them. Of course, you're not happy with their behavior, even spouses. It's very difficult to have unconditional love because you pick them based on the fact that if they start to do a whole bunch of things you don't love, they don't become your spouse. So let's talk about unconditional love. What do you mean by that?
1: So. Even before we get to unconditional love, I want to take a step back, go to unconditional acceptance, right? So it's this idea of we can accept someone, we can see them as valuable as a person without feeling the need to judge them, right? So you are inherently valuable. You don't have to do anything to warrant this value. You just are. And so a lot of times what happens is we have these expectations of other people and when the person doesn't meet those expectations, then that's when it becomes very tricky to practice unconditional acceptance of them because they are not meeting that expectation in some way.
0: Well, let me, I mean, the word discrimination gets a bad rap and it shouldn 't be used and it shouldn 't be in some cases, but discrimination is when i 'm walking down the street at night alone and it 's dark, and I see three figures coming towards me. My mind automatically discriminates and says, "These people could be here to harm you, uh, stand under the street light, seek another path, or hail down a cab right. that 's discrimination, but I think that 's a wise discrimination when you 're dating. And uh, your boyfriend says, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting married so that I'll have somebody to do all my household chores and, you know, uh, cook dinner for me every night and I'll be able to play golf with my buddies seven days a week. That's discrimination when my red flag goes up and goes, that's great for you, not for me. Mm -hmm. I'll move on. So when you talk about acceptance, I mean, I have friends who do things I don't approve of at all, but I'm still friends with them. Right. Uh, I mean, I I accept them, I guess, but um, I can't say that I unconditionally accept them because I choose to still be friends with them even though I'm not real happy with that behavior. So unconditional acceptance is very broad. And is it possible for a human being to achieve that level of love? I thought that was only godlike. I mean...
1: Well, and when we're talking about acceptance we're not talking about
0: condoning
1: exactly right you know it's not saying yep I agree unconditional agreement with every choice you made I'm thinking about when you're a parent and you have a teen or a child and let's say that teen is underage and they go to a party and they have a drink they've just made a choice that we probably as parents would not agree with however that doesn't mean that I stop seeing them as valuable I still have value for them as a person. I may not completely agree with the choice they made, but I still see them as valuable as a person. And so this extends into unconditional love, which is this idea of I'm going to love you without any strings attached, right? So it's not going to be this give or take. It's not going to be, oh, I think I'm going to be in a relationship with you because I'll get X, Y, and Z, right? It's loving someone just for the sake of they are who they are, and I wish them all the best.
0: Okay. Oh, boy, I can't think of anyone. I mean, I'm thinking of my own husband. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't unconditionally love him. I, mean, I can second perceive of some behaviors that he could make me have that would make me see, cease loving him. Well, maybe not. But that is really tall cotton. Mm Brandy, you have come here with unconditional acceptance and unconditional love. And you're blowing my mind because I think that's really hard to do. And you know who it's hardest to do is for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's very different. It's very difficult Mm -hmm. to love your own self. Exactly. Because we beat ourselves up when we do something wrong. Mm -hmm. And we're all going to sin and fall short. So you can't say, oh, One mistake, I'm down on myself for the ever. You have to get over it and try to improve. But, wow, unconditional acceptance and love. Okay, keep educating me because my mind can't wrap around it that it's physically possible for me to have that kind of charitable outlook on life.
1: Well, and we are kind of talking about an aspirational kind of way of being, right? If we get to this spot of unconditional, meaning no conditions, no judgments, no strings attached... In essence, life becomes way easier. You become more peaceful within yourself, within others around you. It's, that. it's hard to do, though, right? Because we always have these expectations about what's going to happen next, and it kind of helps us feel prepared for that next moment. So it's really calling upon this aspirational way of being, and theoretically, is it possible? Yes. Can we continually strive to be better? Of course.
0: So it's a theoretical thing. There is an apex moment where you're trying to give unconditional love and unconditional acceptance first and then unconditional love to the greater benefit of humanity, but you're realizing and you're saying that that is aspirational. It will take a great amount of work on our part to achieve that lofty goal.
1: Well, and what I'm saying is that so many people, even if they saw it, wouldn't believe it for what it is. Right. And to practice it day in and day out. Love shifts and our acceptance of things shifts over time. So even if it's achieved in a moment, can we string it along for a series of moments or across a measurable amount of time? Right. So it's not necessarily that it's not there. We've never seen it. It's just hard for our brains to wrap (laughs) around it and to go, what is that even possible?
0: Well, you're right. I mean, it is, obviously it's possible because you're born, I guess your children, the minute they're born, you love them. Uh, Your spouse, you love them. Even people that have a divorce say, you know, I still love my spouse. I just couldn't find the strength to go on in a relationship because of problems. Um, So the great thing about this is while we're trying to be aspirational, we can hopefully get... People who are doing their best to make us not love them get some help for their <laughs> problems. Vice versa, maybe we're not unconditionally lovable, but if we got a little help with our issues, we could uh, get closer to the uh, to the realm where people would find us unconditionally lovable. Um, wow, this is I mean you're blowing my mind in a way because I just can't imagine. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I loved my mother and father, and certainly there were definitely things that I, especially as an adult, well, as a kid, you always disagree with your parents, um, you know, but even as an adult, I could see things that I didn't think were correct, and frankly, you know, as dual adults, we could have those discussions, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, my father wasn't, I wasn't going to convince my father or mother to change their behavior, but I could at least tell them, you know, this always bothers me when you do this, right? They don't really care because they unconditionally love me. And then they tell me this really bothers us when you do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we love each other. So I guess that's it. Part of it is like Festivus, the airing of grievances. But are you saying we shouldn't even air the grievances, we should just suck it up and, and not tell people when they're Far, falling short or making it harder for us to unconditionally love them. So you bring up a good point, right? Unconditional
1: acceptance and love doesn't mean that we're supposed to withhold ourselves or to deny our needs or to be unauthentic, it's really calling us to be very open and genuine and just putting our heart out there and being able to receive the energy and the love that somebody else is giving in return. And so anytime we're talking about relationships, it's this give and take, right, but also this real calling to be vulnerable in a different way. And so just as you mentioned, Mary, it's so easy when you're holding that new baby infant to go, oh my gosh, there's nothing more beautiful in the world, right? There is nothing this child could do ever to make me change my feelings. And that's the best description we have of what it looks like. But as time goes on and expectations (laughs) build, then our definition gets harder and harder to keep in mind and to practically use.
0: Okay, so the untarnished infant just out... (laughs) First time they have a really bad diaper or puke on you. There's just a little, little degradation of the total <laughs> unconditional love. You mentioned not judging. And to me, that really gets down to, wow. Because I guess there's two aspects of judging. Judging, which I do instantaneously every moment of every day, and then voicing that, which I can't control sometimes. So... Again, judgment is kind of a protection mechanism. We've had your colleagues on say, well, if your you know brother is a raging alcoholic, choose not to be around him. Mm-hmm. Uh that's not showing unconditional love, or maybe it is if you're avoiding uh a further, you know, escalation of, of torment and turmoil. But in a way we are we are self protective. And so while we're maybe loving, we love somebody, but their behavior toward us can be so damaging to us that we have to choose. So I don't want to get you off track. Your notes are all organized. I should just <laughs> let you just talk and not ask questions because you've got it all organized. But here's the last question, then I'll let you get organized sure. again. When, when do we stop and protect ourselves because these people are not lovable, and acceptable with their current conditions? Mm -hmm.
1: So that's a great question, Mary. And it comes back to the point of even though we're talking about unconditional acceptance and love, this is not saying in any way that we should tolerate abuse or tolerate mistreatment or even give in to some of our core beliefs, right? It's really encouraging us to really look at the other person saying they have value and I'm going to love them for them just having value and needing respect of me in this moment. I may not agree with every choice they make. I likely probably won't agree with them on many things. But I can respect them for who they are, and we can work through the differences.
0: This is why I can have Republican friends. Okay, I'm getting it now. It's starting to come to me. So it's not just saying I'm going to be a doormat. Or I'm going to say, oh, well, you want to live that lifestyle or you want to make that choice? That's perfectly fine with me. You don't even have to say it's perfectly fine with me. Just don't harp on them and judge them. Just let them know that that kind of behavior is not what you would want to be done around you. Right. I always love, and I'll, again, I'm bringing it back to a lot of religious things because to me, you know, the way I perceive the world, there's only one true totally unconditional love and that's the love God has for me because I you know there's nothing I do that's deserving of his love but he just keeps pouring it out it's it's almost as if well you know you're saying to somebody um, I want to support you and help you become the better best version of yourself become the best person you can and to do that, I would like to support you in these ways, but I can't really support you in some other ways. But it's, again, it is it is judgmental to a certain degree um, because you are making arguments about all kinds of things. But we do that all the time. We do. We make choices all the time about who our children should be friends with, mm-hmm. about who we're going to marry, about what job we're going to have, about what we're going to take from our coworkers, mm-hmm. about, you know, Am I going to yell and honk my horn at the guy in front of me when he's an idiot on the road, or am I just going to suck that up and keep it in? But I am judging them, and it's very difficult to unconditionally love people once you get a driver's license and you're out on the road. So, again, you know, this unconditional acceptance and unconditional love, um, how do we then... Isn't it kind of, how do we keep it from being an anything goes kind of society where, well, no matter what you do, because I love it when, um, this is just a little thing I have that is just a personal pet peeve, but um, some people say, well, I don't go to church, but I'm spiritual and I have a personal relationship with God. And I say, that's great. And then I walk away and I think, you know, because I mean, I'm doing all the same things bad. They probably are, you know, but I'm sitting there thinking, hmm. You have a personal relationship with God. I wonder how that works because he doesn't want you to do this, 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 this. this. Okay, so if I did all those things to my best friend, they would probably quit hanging out with me as much. Now, see, God never turns his back, so you can get away with that. This business of, oh, I have this personal relationship with God who never, you know, never will always be filling the fountain. You know, the fountain is always going to rush towards me. That is a very difficult concept, though, because then the question for some people goes, nothing I could do could disrupt God's love for me, Mm -hmm. which is true. But God does expect a certain degree of behavior from us. And if you believe in certain biblical principles, has said there will be a punishment. No matter how much he loves you, there's a punishment for straying away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're trying to live your life under that set of rules... When do we decide that unconditional acceptance and unconditional love, we have to put some conditions on it or we won't be able to function in society with our peer group?
1: So one of the things that I tell parents is if you're really struggling with this, let's go back to the example of the teen that decided to drink. What I'm going to encourage you to do is take a step back and really look at your teen in all As objectively as you can, all of the areas that they're growing, all the areas of strength, really take a hard look at them, and look at their development, and then just question what's contributing to this behavior. There's lots of things. Find the
0: reason. Exactly. Was it peer pressure? Were they curious? Exactly. Do they think it's okay? You know, I mean, those are five. You can think of five or six different reasons why somebody would do that. Right. Until you pinpoint the reason your child did it. You can't really talk to them. And again, it is your job to correct that behavior. And if for nothing else, if this is the minimum standard of which you can't do that because it's illegal, and if you were to get caught, the consequences would be very severe to your future. You can even say, I don't think it's bad if you drink. I don't think it's... I mean, they do it all the time in Germany. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But here in the United States, it is illegal. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you getting caught could have a serious detriment to your later years. Therefore, This is the hill I'm dying on. Uh But, you know, if it's just, well, I was curious what it tasted like. Or my friends were going to make fun of me if I didn't do it. Then those are different conversations to have, you know. So a lot of it, when people do things, trying to find their motive for why they do it. If somebody's chronically late, perfect example, you've got a friend that's always late for lunch. And it's annoying to you Uh because that's a disrespect of my time. You can always say... I feel disrespected when you're late for lunch. Now, they may have a thousand different reasons, but they also may, if they're really a good friend of yours, follow me in the back of their head. Don't make appointments you can't keep with this one especially because that's the that's the thing that drives them crazy. Right.
1: Okay. And so it's this idea of, you know, as soon as someone makes a mistake, if we can explore all of the possibilities that's contributing that behavior, then we're coming to them with more compassion, more understanding, right? Instead of that instant um, judgment of, well, you're an idiot, or whatever <laughs> of label we would have used there, right? Like, come on here. And so <laughs> it helps to yeah, – probably.
0: Probably you're an idiot is is not the way to start right brandy i'm learning i think I, I think even I can learn not to do that, although I think recently I have said that to my husband, but yeah, I mean starting out like if I really want them to change and if I really want to continue this relationship i 'm going to have to coerce them into changing and persuade them to change
1: well really. More of it is shifting your own mindset of it, right, and helping you to become more centered so that when they do come to you or when you are able to talk about it, you're able to have an open mind about, oh, yeah, your friends were an influence or, you know, you were really trying to make an impression on that significant other over there because you're afraid that they're going to leave you if you don't engage in this behavior, whatever the course might be.
0: Okay. So... Just so you're, if you're listening, Bears fan, when you call me a ding-dong, I know it's with total love. Because that's what he loves to do is when I do, you're such a ding-dong, he says. And I go, I know, but you love me. Anyway, 20 minutes away from Fox News at the top of the hour, Rex Battery brings you this uh, report from the Ursa Farmers Cooperative. We'll take a break. If you uh, cannot love uh, unconditionally, if you cannot accept people unconditionally, keep listening. Brandy's going to try to give you some tips on how to become perfection in a bottle. We're back with Brandy Cruz, and we are talking today about unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. And uh, Brandy is giving me great ideas about how to frame that in my own life. Hopefully you're listening along but you're probably like me going, oh, I can do it on this, this, and this, but no way on that. There are just a few conditions I have that are unacceptable. So we've got to work past those because, again, it's not condoning anything. It's just trying to be accepting and loving. So continue the conversation, Brandy, and I'll let you start wherever your notes need to take you. <laughs>
1: so thank you, Mary. The unconditional love, I want to reiterate does not mean, you know, we can just ignore issues in a relationship. It doesn't mean neglecting your own needs. It doesn't mean tolerating abuse. What the characteristics of unconditional love include is it helps create secure attachments, which is a huge thing in terms of families and growing as a community. It helps us to foster autonomy and really knowing our own self worth, right? We know there's benefits to our emotional health. Um, if you receive this as a child or a teen, then you feel more comfortable making choices and then dealing with the consequences of those choices.
0: Is this why um, educators will say, never tell a child they're bad, tell the child they made a bad choice? Because again, you're taught that you're good or you're bad, right. um, but really it's not that you're good or bad, you are good. You made a bad choice. Yes. And children do pick up Mm -hmm. on that. They need to understand no matter what, they are good, but they made a bad choice. So that's a good example even for adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love you. You're a good person. This choice was not what I would have made. I don't like that choice. Right. Without being so judgmental that you're saying, and because of that, I'm you know, you're out forever. Leave the path open if they change behavior to come back. And if they don't, then, you know, that's another discussion to have.
1: Right. And as we talked about before, we're so quick to label it, just label the behavior and then place that label on them as a, as if that's the only thing true about that person. So. Like for example, the one we were talking about with the teen, if I would call that teen an idiot and let's say there's just action after action after action, eventually that teen is gonna start believing in that. And so there is some grain of truth of we've gotta go beyond just labeling people's behaviors and really helping them to see that they are separate from just the choices they make.
0: Well, because if Condemnation is the result of three strikes and you're out, and you're really out. I mean, forever and ever. Like, you know, if you get make your parents mad three times, you're banished. If you make your husband mad three times, it's over. If you make your boss mad three times, you're done. Um, it gives you, I mean, what's the incentive to try to be better? Yep. Because... I think we can all understand it's going to be very difficult not to get three strikes Mm -hmm. at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just almost impossible to live in a completely adorable way where everybody just loves you. But loving somebody just doesn't necessarily mean, like you said, that you have to condone behavior. You're just trying not to make them feel unloved because they are intrinsically worthwhile and just because one aspect of them may be unlovable to you doesn't mean that they are an unlovable person right
1: so the opposite of that is conditional love right so this is saying i will love you if these certain conditions are met so So like
0: my marriage yes this is what i do with greg Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I will love you only if yeah, I'll, there's oh, a good hot meal on the table tonight. Other than great. that, eh, you're off my list. Or if you have a
1: body like, you know, a movie star. Right. Or if you have so much money in the bank account. Or if you only have these political views, right? It's all based on likes, dislikes, conditions, and it's almost this tick for tack of how do we stack up together.
0: And that's really, again, back to discrimination, that's how you choose your close friends. That's how you choose your spouse. um, And that's how you try to align behavior from your children while you have influence over them. But it can't truly be, I will stop loving you if X happens. Right. Because there isn't much there. I mean, the true definition of love doesn't really apply if it is totally conditional. Mm -hmm.
1: And so even if a relationship doesn't work out i'm thinking like a romantic relationship you may still if you're practicing unconditional love still care about that person you're wishing them well the ultimate goal is you're just hoping that they will find happiness whether or not that's with you in their life or not just wishing them happiness on their
0: journey okay because that good karma you get out will come back i guess is what you're saying so conditional anything that's conditional We have to examine our own conscience to say, what are these conditions I'm putting on this and why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. And, um, okay, so give some more examples because, again, I'm really stuck. I mean, I need help. If if this is what you're saying is the way to go, I am nowhere near this, Brandy Cruz. I mean, I am so far away from what I call unconditional love, it's really difficult for me to even understand totally what that means. So give me some examples of, you know, conditions that people put on and maybe I'll be thinking, Oh yeah, I do that. I could stop that.
1: So even in let's take this moment, in this moment there's the condition of Brandy will talk, Brandy will having something worthwhile to say If I don't, then Mary's going to pick up the slack, right? In this moment, I'm not wasting my time as I'm listening to this episode, as I'm driving down the road. It's going to be worthwhile the whole way around, right? There's these expectations we all went into.
0: So if you already turned Brandy off, you do not understand (laughs) unconditional love.
1: (laughs) Right. So almost in every moment, we go in with these expectations. And the more we can be aware of and enter into the relationships or even the moment without them or just being aware of them, the more open and peaceful it becomes, right? Then we're just allowing anything to happen naturally as it's going to happen and seeing where it goes.
0: Well, and this is where prejudice comes in because, you know, people make judgments about people based on looks or religion or the neighborhood they live in. You know, oh, a dumb blonde. What could she possibly know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll kind of you know fall asleep or whatever or uh you know that person's short or that person doesn't make as much money as I do or but so a lot of these judgmental things are what hurt us in t- finding true unconditional acceptance and love because we're we're focusing on one thing that we're judgmental about or two or three things we're judgmental about and we're missing the whole person there's a whole person there mm-hmm. and I'm fond of saying this as a news reporter no matter how reprehensible somebody is and they're in court and they've been convicted of child abuse, you know, their mother still loves them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's weird, but their mother still loves them. And their mother will say to the judge, please give him another chance. Don't sentence him to life in prison, you know. And it's it kind of the whole dichotomy there of no matter how reprehensible somebody is, somebody, somebody still loves them. Mm-hmm. And that's, the unconditional love that you talk about that mother's not saying oh my son should have done that she's saying just please give him another chance because i'm going to love him no matter what so society should try to love him no matter what
1: and and just as you're describing mary is very hard to implement so what do we do here how can we promote unconditional love and acceptance offering respect to someone when you disagree with them it seems straightforward and how many times do we go? Yeah, you're not even worthy of my respect in this moment because the ideas you just threw out there, I don't agree with or whatever the reason is. Right. And it's a basic one. Just as we're talking to someone, offering respect, practicing open communication, being very direct, very open, very timely as we're talking and then moving into, you know what, I'm going to offer you the love that I have without strings attached, because if I don't, then we're going to create this relationship that's based on power and control, and that's not healthy.
0: I like the idea of respect and kindness being uh, the hallmark there because I think a lot of people think that if you treat somebody with respect or kindness, that you're automatically caving in on your own principles. And this happens a lot in our religious society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a set of rules or doctrines or dogmas that we believe, and we believe that this is the prescribed way to conduct our lives. Not everybody believes that. Right. And so we have to accept the fact that um, I don't have to change my belief system, but I can respect yours. Now, don't try to, you know, make me change my belief system, but we can certainly find some other ground on which we, which we can find, uh, you know, common ground. And I think part of the problem with our society today, and we see it played out in our political system, there is no communication, there's no respect. So the first thing there is starting with respect, mm-hmm. that everybody is worthy Of love. Mm -hmm. Everybody deserves to be loved. Mm -hmm. And if you start with that thought in mind, Mm -hmm. you'll be less to say, okay, but here are three things right off the bat I don't like, so I'm going to dispose of them. Whereas, let's keep looking. There's lovable things in all of us. We have to go deeper a little time.
1: And you're using the word respect. That's synonymous with what I'm saying with acceptance, right? Unconditional acceptance of this person, meaning you are valuable, not because you did anything or you've helped my life or for any other reason, just because you exist and your meaning has existence. So if you're wanting to work on this, And you're saying, yep, this is important to me. I want to cultivate more unconditional love. I'm going to encourage you to start practicing your own self-love. Because as Mary mentioned, self-love is very difficult. We're very quick to just berate and beat up on ourselves probably faster than anybody else can. Nurture ourselves, Maintain good um, meditation or spiritual practices where you just work on being. So surrendering to the moment. Allowing things just to come as they are. Refraining from those negative thoughts. How often do we get caught up into the negative slew of thoughts that just occupy our mind? Try not to use the word should. Should is another judgment of how we could be spending time or how someone should be behaving. Allowing other people's experiences to resonate with us. Really being open. And then surrounding yourself with people that are loving. Upbeat while sending love to those difficult people in our life, because we know there are some difficult people in our lives, Mary.
0: Yes, Quade knows it all too well. He's with me every morning, so he's fully aware of the difficulty that he's encountered in his life recently. Brandy, you have uh, helped us. I think that what you're advocating is so far down the road for some of us, but we can all start to turn toward the light and make a small step forward today. And we can start by loving ourselves, mm-hmm. forgiving ourselves, and saying, hey, you know, if I can forgive myself for making mistakes, then maybe I can be friends or be respectful of other people who have also made mistakes mm-hmm. because they may be different mistakes than mine, but they're still mistakes. Yep. Thank you so very much. Cornerstone always with great information. Coming up tomorrow on the Mary Griffith Show, Ron Kinsherf is here. Yes, he used to be a radio announcer right here, and he has started becoming a children's author, and he's becoming successful at that Tucson Book Festival. has invited Ron Kinsherf uh, to come to the Tucson Book Festival. So that is so exciting for Ron. We're going to talk about that tomorrow right here on the Mary Griffith Show. We're also going to talk with about BG's Gold later this week. Well, I can't tell time. It's only 9.59, not 10 o'clock. I'm not going to be judgmental about myself. Yes, I've been here at WTAD for 36 years now. You would think I would know that there's still a minute to go to the top of the hour. But instead of beating myself up about what an idiot I am, I'm just going to tell you that coming up later this week on The Mary Griffith Show, we're going to learn about the water mission. Uh, This is to help children who live in third world countries Uh, find fresh water and it's a way that you can help supply that fresh water and get some artwork in exchange we're also going to have phyllis robertson here with the quincy symphony chorus they've got a big concert coming up this weekend on march 2nd a great day will be had it's going to be fun all the big pop it's a pop musical thing so even neil diamond will be sung so stay tuned for that